This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is with Iowa State Director of Athletics, Jamie Pollard. It's been quite a fall season for Cyclone Athletics, most notably with the football team at the top of the Big 12 standings. In volleyball, cross country, and golf are also enjoying great success. We hope you'll enjoy our visit with Jamie Pollard. Well, Jamie, you just experienced a weekend that I'm not sure any athletics director can match. Uh, you watched two of your programs win conference championships. You watched um, one of the top five football victories in the history of this school. And then you watched a victory over top 11 volleyball program all within a 24-hour period. That had to be awfully special. You know, it really was. Uh, I've told some people that it clearly was um, probably my best day ever in my life professionally, both as the athletics director, but also as a dad by having Thomas be part of the Big 12 championships. But I've also said that, you know, if that was my best day, I can't wait to look forward to trying to um, to beat that day because it, uh, it'll be really, really fun trying to do that. Well, and what's exciting is... Uh there's those possibilities out there, the way things are going right now for this athletics department. A lot of positives going on right now. Absolutely. You know, it, um, you know, just when you think maybe it can't get any better than it does, the fact that we have four of our fall teams ranked in the top 20 um, in their respective sports is, um, you know, I don't know if that's the first time for Iowa State. I can't even say it's the first time since I've been here, but I think it is, which is really cool. But I'm just so happy for our fan base to be able to experience this because there's so many people that have waited patiently to have something like this happen. And I think it's, it's even ex- exceeded what those hopes and wishes were because you know, I think about it and go four weeks ago, we were down 14 to nothing to Oklahoma in the first four minutes of the game. And, you know, since that time, it feels like our whole athletics department's fortunes have changed. And when that happens, you mentioned this yesterday, it is kind of important to appreciate it for a moment, even though, in your profession and certainly in a coach's profession. It's on to the next game, on to the next game, and I understand that. But at some point, you do have to kind of just stop and smell the roses and say, this is a pretty special time. Let's take a moment to kind of soak this in. Absolutely, and, and, and I hope people are able to do that. And you're referring to we had a, a brown bag luncheon yesterday with all our um, support staff, and, and, and that's really was the message is, you know, enjoy it because, yes, we're going to keep working hard and Monday came and you've got to, you know, keep grinding and that's, you know, that's just what you do. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that have worked a long time with their blood, sweat and tears to get us to this spot. And so if you don't stop and at least, you know, look around and, and, and just enjoy it, well, then, you know, you, what are we in this for? And football obviously brings so much attention to the university, so much positive attention right now. The Iowa State story, uh, people nationally are falling in love with it. Absolutely, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, we saw the Washington Post article. Um, I had a uh, email on Sunday from Vern Lundquist. Um, the you know the CBS folks were in this week. The ESPN folks were in a couple weeks ago. I made a comment to Ellen last night watching that CFP show that. The impact, just having our, our crowd on there, you see, uh, you know, Marcel Spears was on there. Our brand comes up on the on the um, brackets. The, the value of that and just recruiting for Coach Campbell is um, even hard to put into uh, words. I just think of all the people that are Iowa Staters around the country that get to enjoy that moment. And I don't think any of us could have ever even saw that coming. 
And, and it's not a finished product yet. There's still a lot of football to be played. But to be doing this in year two, you know, when a coaching change happens, sometimes you think, especially with football, year three, maybe year four, even five. But to be doing what he's doing in year two really is remarkable. Well, it is, and um, we're, you know, if you, he got asked that question, I think, are you ahead of schedule? And, you know, I, he answered it the appropriate way, which, you know, I really haven't stopped to think about it. You know, we're just doing what we do. At the same time, though, I've, I've made a couple comments to some national media that asked me, you know, well, you've caught lightning in a bottle. And I've said, well, no, we haven't. We didn't catch lightning in a bottle. This is the, the um, derivative of a lot of work over a lot of years by a lot of people. You know, the fact that Matt's here is the result of the work that previous football coaches have done, the result of a lot of work that staff have done over the years. You know, Matt came in at the right time and has been able to capitalize on that, and he should get a lot of the credit for it. But I think it's disingenuous to say that, well, he's just caught lightning in the bottle because that makes it sound like what he's doing is lucky. And I don't think there's any luck to it. It's um, his process. He's done a lot prior to coming to Iowa State to be in this spot, to be able to capitalize and do things. So, you know, using his words, you know, for all of us, the process that we've been following for a long time is actually loving us back. And his staff is obviously top-notch. And obviously bringing a lot of those guys with him from Toledo has paid dividends. But there's such a, a continuity within that staff. There's such a all-on-one-page, we're all rowing the same direction, to borrow a phrase, I guess. But it's neat because you don't always see that. Well, you don't. And, and so when we go back to, you know, if you just talk about the process and beyond this two years is, you know, one of our goals when we hired Matt was to hire a head coach. And the reason to hire a head coach was we were hoping that they would bring their staff with them. And some of that was just learned by previous staffs that weren't head coaches that spent a lot of time on personnel. And Matt hasn't had to spend as much time on personnel. You know, he did that in his previous stops to pull this staff together. And so, again, that's where I go back to lightning wasn't caught in a bottle. This process for him winning right now the way he is at Iowa State started a long time ago when he brought some of his Mount Union guys together and, you know, the staff that they've brought with them here. And that, you're right, doesn't happen in a lot of places because even when we hired him, you know, that was one of the things that caught him off guard that we wanted him to bring his entire staff because a lot of times a Mac head coach gets hired at a power five school and everybody wants him to go get the big name coordinators and that's not what his formula was about take me back to Austin on Saturday what was the experience like and I know you probably had a, a pretty good feeling that the women could win but for both the men and the women to win that day that that was very unique and very special it really was and you know it's um, it doesn't happen every day and you know the men hadn't won since Bill Bergen was the coach back in 1994 and the last time that we had the men and women both win in the same year I think was like 1990 or somewhere back there clearly our women had won five of the last six now six of the last seven and so you know you kind of thought well they are the favorite you know on the men's side if you'd asked me six weeks ago I would have said yeah the men are going to win and then you know we've had a little bit of um, adversity because of some various health issues and and so it was looking like well what are we going to get and so we didn't know going into that you know we thought the men had the potential but they hadn't really shown it based on some of the the medical things that they'd been dealing with and they went first 
and to set the tone and win, win by one point. And, you know, there were a lot of side stories that helped contribute to that one point win. And then I remember talking to Andrea before they ran their race and she goes, well, wow, way to put the pressure on us. And I said, well, you know, um, you're the sure thing. So just go do what you do. And so it, it was neat. It was neat for the student athletes and, and to actually do it together. You know, that just uh, also sends a great brand about where our program is. Hopefully some more great times ahead for cross country. Obviously, uh, volleyball is having maybe the best season in the last five years or so, and Christy has just continued to do such a terrific job with that program. That's one of those things that, kind of like Coach Fenley, you, you don't want to ever start taking it for granted. Again, uh, having an appreciation of, uh, of how special the program that she's built really is. Well, you know, that, that was a big uh, match on Saturday night because uh, Kansas has been one of the top programs in the league the last couple of years, have been to the Final Four in volleyball. We had had them on the ropes down there by winning the first two sets, and then they stormed back and beat us 3-2. So there was a little vengeance for Saturday night. Um, I, I know I went over and was around the team before they took the court, and it was fascinating. They didn't even have to. I didn't even have to say anything to them. They knew full well while I was there, and they said, we're not going to spoil it. It's been an awesome day, so we're going to keep it going. And, but that was a big match for them to just show that, you know, we can beat Kansas and puts us back in the conference race and clearly sets us up. I think we're maybe at 14 in the RPI, so it puts us in a good spot if we can close the rest of the season out to hopefully host a first-round NCA match, which if we get to do that, that you know that's a huge home court advantage to maybe get you to the Sweet 16. And, and if you can get to the Sweet 16, then you know Kansas has been to the Final Four, and so anything's possible. Basketball's getting started here with exhibition games this weekend. Ticket sales have been terrific. Different teams, younger teams, but Obviously, the fan base is still very excited to see what's going to happen with these two programs. Well, you know, I've said this many a time is, you know, we should never, ever doubt Cyclone fans, and they just keep doing what we ask them to do. And so to sell out men's basketball and continue to sell the number of tickets we sell in women's basketball is absolutely phenomenal, especially going into two year, a year where both teams have just a lot of question marks. Um, but, you know, I've tried to say those question marks don't have to be uh, bad answers. You know, four years ago on the men's side, you know, we had a lot of question marks too, and those questions were answered with, like, Niang, Thomas, Long, Morris, uh, pretty good answers. And so um, hopefully there's some more of those great answers, and we're all going to see that kind of evolve this year, both on the men's and women's side. It was announced last week that the women's tournament will return to Kansas City in 2020. I know Bill Fenley is very excited about that. I think a lot of Iowa State fans are as well because it was special and unique. When the fans could follow the two programs in one city during the same week and not have to invest in traveling two different weeks, such a great opportunity to support both teams. Uh, it is. It's awesome. I never like saying you told me so, but um, we're going to say you told. we told him so. You know, we were the lone vote many years ago to say, why are we breaking this up? And I understood why we did it. We tried it. It didn't work as well. And, um, you know, we didn't lobby for this. It's just the, the basketball coaches, you know, there's some new coaches in the league. And um, I think that they yearn for what we once had. And, you know, there's a lesson to be learned there, too. You know, and, you know, we talked earlier in this podcast about, you know, stop and smell the roses. And, you know, I think back to those decisions, you know, it was really humming back in those days by having both the tournaments in Kansas City. And, you know, on the women's side, we all probably maybe got a little uh, ahead of ourselves thinking, well, we could just go duplicate that in another city. And that didn't work out that way. So um, I'm glad we're going kind of back to our where it all began. And uh, I know Kansas City will do an awesome job in 2020. And then hopefully 
both tournaments will get extended in Kansas City beyond that. Talking a lot here about fan excitement, and certainly that exists in wrestling as well with a record number of season tickets, and they're shooting for 2,000 season tickets. That's their goal. Kevin Dresser's efforts out in that grassroots uh, job that he's done since taking the job of getting out and meeting a lot of people and really trying to uh, promote the program is paying dividends. Uh, it's been phenomenal, and you know uh, the credit all goes to Kevin and his staff because they work tirelessly about their passion for the sport. They'll leave no stone unturned, and if they haven't talked to you know, the listeners today about giving money to help their cause, um, they'll come find you, and, uh, and you know, they'll wear you down. But they have brought so much excitement. You're right, the number of season tickets we've sold just you know, at media day yesterday, the number of media that were there, and it just bodes well for what the future holds. And they've just been a fun group of people to work with. I know they cut their first episode of their uh, Take Down the Curtain whatever we want to call it, Mission Impossible. Uh, and, you know, I made the comment that that's just why it's so fun to come to work at Iowa State because we get to work with people that, that clearly enjoy what they do, think outside the box, and try to make it fun not only for themselves but for the people that follow them. Well, one of the fun things coming up will be a bowl trip, and we don't know where it will be yet. And there's also out there the possibility of the Big 12 championship game. So the next month or two is going to get even crazier. Well, a good friend of mine who's the AD now at Tennessee, who was the AD at Kansas State, John Curry, he called me about 11 o'clock Saturday night, and that really was his message. He said, if you think it's chaotic now, you just wait (laughs) to what's around the corner, trust me. And and he's right, you know, whether it's all these media requests, um, uh, you know, this pod request, but... um, (laughs) You know, so as we think ahead to what the next several weeks uh, could potentially look like, um, yeah, it'll it'll be chaotic. But you know, they're good problems to have because we know what the other problem entails when you're sitting home watching it. And um, so, yes, it'll be fun. It'll be fun for Cyclone fans, and uh, we'll be somewhere in some destination playing in a bowl game, and that'll be fun. And you know, with the football gods want to shine on us maybe we'll be in Dallas uh, the first week in December too. Last thing for you Jamie how happy are you for those Iowa State football fans who have stuck with this program through thick and thin to see this reward you know and and, and there have been some really good wins on the road certainly Oklahoma was great Texas Tech was great but to get one like TCU at home to see that celebration was just something that you, you kind of soak in and, and enjoy it was it was really neat and I'm happy for those fans. Oh, I am too. You know, I, I, I remember how that felt when we beat Oklahoma State. You know, that was such a special night. And I remember thinking, I don't know if this we can ever duplicate this because next time it maybe won't feel as special because you'd already have done it. But even that night, I wasn't thinking, well, it's going to be six more years before we get to do this again. It's six years later, and, and, and I was wrong because it – felt more special but um i am really happy for people and we had a great crowd on saturday people answered the call just like i know they'll answer the call in two weeks for the oklahoma state game and but to be able to get them to 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 allow them the opportunity not only to come watch a great football game but then get to post game celebration and be on the field and there's a ton of memories being made and uh, that's all good too for the program because that'll keep you know people coming back Jamie, thanks for taking some time today. I know it's been busy, but we'd rather be busy than bored, right? 
Uh, we absolutely would rather be busy than bored. And uh, I'm just going to make a shout out to you because I missed it yesterday. <laughs> and now you're probably going to cut this out of the podcast. Yep. So if this is not on the podcast, he may not stay for his next birthday. But yesterday was John Walter's birthday. And I failed at, a, at the, the Brown Bag All staff meeting. I meant to have everybody sing happy birthday. And I didn't remember to do it so shame on me belated happy birthday but i'm not going to sing happy birthday the uh, first failure of yours that i've celebrated uh thanks jamie for taking some time